This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 6th, episode 2470, brought to you today by Kemen Equine. Good morning, horse people. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. It is Monday and it's is Monday starting to mean something again, Glenn? Are people going to work? Are I, things- I think some places they're going to work. In Florida, we're liable to be shut down forever if this keeps up. But the other places are normal, I think, okay. getting back to normal. Some places, maybe. <laughs> well, I just hope that everybody had a wonderful 4th of July because... Um, I hope they all survived like- and your horses survived and your dogs survived the It was a uh, the war Holocaust. zone. <laughs> It was a war zone here. We drove out the driveway to go to a friend's house. And I, I see in my rear view mirror, Zenyatta galloping down the road, chasing me. Oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 I still don't know how she got out of the fence. She was so freaked out. She was on That's the That's one of uh, Jamie's road. dogs, not horses for new listeners. Yes, not Zenyatta the racehorse. <laughs> I wish it was her, but yeah. it was my dog. <laughs> Way to point that out. Didn't think about that one. Oh uh, yeah, so I was. Everybody was so freaked out, but you know what? My horses did not care, which was great. I did lock them up just in case because there were some loud booms, loud, crazy loud. Yeah, we so had I the had- combination of some really bad thunderstorms. It rained almost seven inches here over the weekend in two days. Oh my god! So we had thunderstorms all day, both days, and it cleared up enough on Saturday night that they could shoot off the fireworks between the thunderstorms so that we had the combination of really bad thunderstorms and fireworks going on. We put our horses in too. They don't care because as I told you, we have a gun range here. And I noticed a lot of people say they're going to practice your balloon popping uh, after after the other night. Next year. (laughs) You know what? I've come up with something even better and easier than balloons. You know, when you get an Amazon package and they come with those big air pocket things, uh, the plastic baggies with the air yes. pu- air bubbles in them. Yes. Stomp on those in your barn aisle. Oh, oh that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. It, it, and it's so much easier than blowing up a balloon where you don't have to pass out. Anyway, stomp <laughs> on those. Again, do that while the horses are eating their grain and they will like first freak out and then they don't care. Um, but yes, that's going to be good for next year. Sorry it took well, so long. The one thing I think that was universal this year was that it wasn't just us redneck areas that had this. It was everywhere. I think people are, and and you're going to notice a theme when we get to equestrian first world problems that people are just spending money like water. <laughs> and I think so. We were in not something uh, at a we predicted house. at the beginning of COVID, by the way. No, no. we were at a friend's house, and the, he's shooting off fireworks, and then the dude like t- the house next door is shooting off fireworks, and then the house on the other side is shooting off fireworks, and I was like, uh, I'm going to be crass here. It was like whose wiener's bigger, like. <laughs> You shot off that one. I'm going to shoot off one that's bigger. Boom. And then the next guy's like, really? Watch this. Boom. 
Well, I'm sure the fireworks people that set up in every corner in Ocala uh, underneath their tents were very happy this year. It was a good year. It's very good year. Yes, it was probably very one business that's doing well during. <laughs> well, today on the show, we're going to talk to Cody from Chem and Equine about horses coping with heat stress and oh, but coping with heat stress in horses. Devin Horn, y'all know her. She's the ridiculous daredevil, like never quit, you know, never say die kind of girl. Uh, she's going to tell us about the COVID Derby. And Lynn Mueller of Jumping Nation gets us caught up on the latest show, Jumping News. And, of course, we have some equestrian first world problems. So check it out. Uh, also, we'll have a post show so auditors can hang around for that. I have a bit of good news for you. Charlotte Bredahl, remember we talked about uh, her having issues and then going in to get checked and they found that she had a mass in her brain and they operated like immediately. Well, she has is out now. She's speaking. She's doing fine. She's actually started physical therapy in Delray Beach down near Wellington. So she's doing that and she's she's actually going to leave Florida because she is one person right now that can't get COVID and Florida... I don't know if anybody's heard, but we have a little problem with that here now. So she's going to head to a cat farm in California in the San Inez Valley, ironically enough. That's well, she and Pat Roberts are like really good friends. Yeah, well, I think they have, I think her husband has a farm right near there. Uh, Mm -hmm. near Pat's place. Uh, So she's going to head there because apparently it's not as bad there. I don't know how she's getting there. But uh, she did say that what they disclosed was that it was metastatic, uh, metastatic melanoma. And she had been checked for cancer before, but they hadn't found anything. And so I, I googled this, and yeah. it's a it's skin cancer. It's skin cancer, but it they didn't find anything. They never. She had been to physicals and everything. It went undetected, but it. I didn't know skin cancer could then work its way inside, and that's what happened. Oh it worked God. its way inside and resulted in a brain tumor. I did not know that. So the moral of this story is put on your sunscreen, people. Wear your sunscreen, hats, everything like and, that. And we're Come bad on. about that in Florida because literally we'd have to slather up every time we walked outside the door. Uh, I just, I'm, I, after living in Arizona, I am so trained to not walk out the door without putting on without sunscreen. Without slathering. And do you, what do you use anyway? Because people always you know, ask us. I just found this spray. It's a 50 spray and it is fantastic. Like, it's so covering that I don't have to spray a ton. Um, but it's really, it's just easy. And, What's and it called? The, do you the remember? Thing, I got it from Sam's Club as like a four pack. I don't know what it's called. It's like a silver bottle and I'm sure it's some sort of generic. It's probably very toxic, but it is the (laughs) one thing like the thing about that is it just has to be easy. Yeah, People well, that's won't the do thing. It if it's hard. That is the thing. That's exactly the thing. So again, I'm sure that there's a lot. Like mineral sunscreens are great, and I do use those on my face. But the problem with those is you're, you know, you got to rub it in and smear it in. anyway. It just needs to be. Well, easy. and then it, <laughs> and then it takes it takes five minutes, and you're just not going to do it. I mean, so it's better to have something that you will do than something yeah. that you won't do. So, exactly. And so that that's true. like a horse girls, let's get, just get it done. Spray it on. Shh, done. Now, see here uh, in Florida, we have the dual problem of, uh, do you put your bug spray on over your <laughs> Which one is the base layer? <laughs> I don't know which is the base layer. I've never. So if anybody could help us out, email me at Glenn at horseradionetwork.com. I want to know which one you're supposed to put on first. Because screen should be the base layer. And the, the bug spray is a topical. Obviously. (laughs) All right, let's do some daily winnies. Well, my daily winnie is a couple of these. 
happy birthday to my first co-host ever, Helena Harris. It's her birthday today, and of course, she does another show called Stolen Stable here on the Horse Radio Network, so you can find it over there. Happy birthday, Helena. Ariel Wolf. Uh, by the way, I have known, we, we figured it out, we've known Helena for, I think, 20 plus years now. Uh, also, Ariel Wolf and Nicole Vita. So, uh, happy birthday to all of you, and want to welcome new auditors, Kaylee Richard, Eileen Miller, Connie Heidelberger, and we want to do a big thank you to Rachel Hahn, Ruth Schwab, Jennifer Dunn, and Tara Tibbetts, who all raised their pledges. So, some brand new auditors, and some that have raised their pledges as well. Let me, we really let me just it. point out, too, that I believe you pronounced everybody's name right. Yay! You I'm need to buy note. a lottery ticket. <laughs> Dude, I just keep trying to make Oklahoma a fun, interesting place. And oh, so it's I interesting. Trying, it is interesting. I, I keep trying new things. <laughs> and I found this ad on Craigslist, and it said, Purcell Livestock Auction is having a sale tomorrow. Oh, no. You went to the, a livestock auction in Oklahoma. The ad says, we'll be open this <laughs> Saturday. Come check it out. We're still offering no commission sales on goats and sheep. There's going to be chickens, ducks, rabbits, cattle, sheep, and goats, and then the hogs. No horses. They sell no horses here. So I was like, okay, as long as they're not selling any horses. Because if I go buy a horse, see a horse sale, I'm going to buy the saddest oldest one they have. Um, so they, ha- they said, we're going to start at noon with miscellaneous items, electronics, household decor, antiques, farm supplies, and tools. And I was like, this sounds great. They're like, snack bar is open. Get out of the house and come see us Saturday. And Purcell is the town just south of me. So I thought, well, this sounds fun. What could possibly go wrong? And I do love auctions. I love I auctions. I know. It, then it's, wouldn't you would go to that if you read that? You'd uh, yeah. be like, Jennifer and I'd go because we love auctions. Okay, well, next time you come, you're going to get to go. Because what I found out is everybody around here has been to this auction once. Okay. <laughs> So I showed Lucas, he's excited. Abby's like, let's go. So we go down to the Purcell livestock auction, go in and park. And there's like three cars and that's noon. I thought this thing started at noon. So we walk in the door, you know, if you have to walk through the cloud of six people smoking at the door <laughs> to get through and Lucas goes, mom, hold your breath when you walk through. I was like, okay. <laughs> so we walk through and then there's a, uh, like a window that you go and you, you give your information, but located right outside of the window, right next to where you stand is an open garbage can that has about a billion flies that are in it. And so I'm swatting flies off of myself and my child as I'm trying to talk to the guy. I'm like, hey, how does this work? We've never, we've never been here. <laughs> like, could you move the trash can? Anyway, it's a very small room. And he's like, what are you going to do is you're going to walk through there and you can see all the things that you won't see. And then you go on through the back and that's where livestock are. And I was like, which door? Like, there's so much crap piled <laughs> in this tiny little room. And he's like, just come with me. I'll show you how to do it. And this girl goes, let me tell you something. I, I came here one time and it was so fun. I've been here every Saturday since. And I have been here for three years, every Saturday for three years. It's just, you going to have the best damn time you ever had. Uh, you going to come back every year. So we walk in through box 
boxes that I, I don't know what's in the boxes because I'm trying to just like keep my eyes on the ground because it's like undulating terrain <laughs> trying to get through this place. And you walk into what would be like the auction ring. But the ring, the auction ring where they would like, if it was a horse auction, they'd bring the horse in and walk it around is full of garbage. But like garbage that they're going to sell. I can't. The electronics that they were selling was a broken chainsaw and a leaf blower. That was the electronics. There was no antiques. Farm tools, I found an old shovel and an old post hole digger. (laughs) And they were like broken. (laughs) So basically people, what I found out is they can bring their their stuff and set it out and like they'll auction it off. And, And the thing is, then you look up to where there's probably like 10 rows of seating, you know, that auction house seating. And there's, I mean, people have seats saved. There are like comfortable, you know, they brought in their own comfortable chairs and like they're setting up there waiting on the auction to get started, but it don't start at 12, Glenn. Okay. It's going to start at around 1230. That's how they do it. It's Oklahoma you know. time. It's <laughs> Oklahoma time. So what you do, once you get your way through this little path of garbage that they're auctioning off, which by the way, that part takes a couple hours. Okay. <laughs> of course it does. As we're walking through there, I noticed that one of the items that they're selling, well, a couple other, I, I see some more boxes and I, I make the mistake of peering in the boxes. One box was, um, out of date ibuprofen bottles, like hundreds of bottles of ibuprofen. <laughs> Somebody that were stole expired. a truck of ibuprofen and never <laughs> sold it all. What? And then there was boxes of candy. I'm like, who's going to buy candy at a place like, like giant boxes of M&Ms and things that, but like you're in this fly filled auction house, <laughs> like yeah, the 10 year old candy. Then we walk out to the livestock are immediately greeted by a dog that wants to murder us. But thank God it's like on a chain or whatever. Then we walk past the dog and then we see like four cows and about 15 goats that are all really, really, really old. Like, I don't know that much about goats, but they were really old goats. Like I almost bought a goat. Swaybacks. They're skinny and just mess. And then there was the hogs and there was, and, and so all of this from the time we walked into the, the, through the cloud of smoke where he had to put on like a miner's cap to get in to the building to see where we were going. We walk in through the auction house around, see the animals and we turn around and we walk back through the animals and through the auction house and through the cloud of smoke out to the car. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the cultural experience you're giving your son by living in Oklahoma. You know what's funny is that everybody that I've told, oh my God, we went to the Purcell auction. They were like, why did you do that? I'm like, <laughs> nobody told me not to. My vet was like, you just sounded so excited about it. Because I had invited, like, they live in Purcell. I was like, hey, we're going to the auction. You guys want to come? She's like, no, we're good. Uh, I'm like, why didn't you tell me that it was going to be a nightmare? She's like, you just seem so excited. We had an auction. We had a great auction in uh, in Cumberland County where we lived in Pennsylvania. And it was there. It was, it was horse stuff. It was a tax shop. And he got in all this crap every week. And he would sell hundreds of items of horse stuff. And it was like lead ropes for a dollar. And, you know, we would buy boxes, boxes of 100 brass snaps. And they would be 25 cents each. You know how much those cost now? They're like $4 each now. You buy a brass snap, uh, double-ended snap. What do you snap. do with it? 
Uh, and you just, I mean, we bought all this stuff, halters and stuff every Friday night. And then they would bring in the, the horses. And of course, you know, it'd be the cowboys riding and, uh, you know, the horses are totally out of control and, and the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, so we would go to that a lot just to buy crap, buy the horse crap. Uh, yeah. it was a pretty uh, good option, I, though. I expected like some sort of like horse stuff, you know, yeah. being that a livestock auction. So I asked the guy, I said, uh, the like this every week. <laughs> I said, uh, do y'all ever sell horses here? He goes, no, we don't get too many horses up in here. I was like, why not? He goes, see, the thing is to be, uh, able to sell a horse here at this auction, you got to have a Coggins and who the hell's going to do that? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. And what's really frustrating, Glenn, is that I took Abby with me, right? And and I took my son and myself and everybody's like, I can't believe you're taking Abby to the worst places in Oklahoma. <laughs> you should be taking, I can't believe you're showing her all these places. And I was like, does anybody care that I saw that too? <laughs> and that I'm the worst mother taking my child to some place like that. Like what? It's what a is cultural happening? experience. It's a learning experience. Oh dude, Glenn. <laughs> and I was wearing flip flops. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, that was like, your first mistake. <laughs> we got out of there. We left and Abby and I were both like, we need to take a shower. <laughs> like we had already showered. We need to know shit. Oh, you know, this leads us into this segment right here. Your story. Oh. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. Oh, all horse people by now have seen the video out of Assateague. Of course, you know, we have the wild ponies over there in Assateague Island, and people go in and they camp. And, and, and la- wow, two weeks ago, we talked about the lady who whacked the one on the butt with the shovel. And then, yes. and then the pony tried to kill her. Um, so she was our loser a couple weeks ago. Well, just, what was it, about a week ago, we all see the video of this guy who apparently is a ranch hand who decided to uh, get on one of the ponies and go for a little ride. Well, that video went uh, absolutely viral. Well, uh, the latest update to that is a man is facing criminal charges for riding one of the wild ponies at the National Park. That's right. He's being arrested for riding one of the wild ponies. Because, you see, they really don't like you doing that, whether you're a good rider or not. It's, you're it's not did, did you, And he said, he, uh, apparently in that thing, uh, I ride horses. I'm, I'm a horseman. And, <laughs> you know, I watched the video. He stayed on just fine. I mean, it, he I obviously haven't seen had, the video. Did oh, yeah. He, had ridden, he looked like he was a rider. There was no question. That doesn't make it legal. <laughs> to, to, <laughs> Just saying. You know what? I'm a rider. I'm going to go to the zoo and hop on a giraffe. <laughs> there, by the way, it's serious. He faces a fine of $5,000 and six months in jail. So well, well, apparently riding the ponies there is not a good idea. Not Where good was idea. this? On Assateague Island. Okay. Yeah. Where is he from? Um, it doesn't say. Uh, oh, not in the article I, I have. I don't know where, where he's from, actually. Uh, there's been a lot of problems this year with people who have been locked up for COVID and would normally like go on vacation, I think, to cities, are now saying, well, cities are too dangerous for a multitude of reasons right now, right? Riots and everything else. So we're not going to cities. Tourism cities doesn't exist right now. So we're going to go do something in nature, which they've never done before, like the lady who got gored by the buffalo up there uh, because she decided to walk up to it and see what that was all about. No, she, I'm sure she wanted to take a selfie with it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, she got within five feet of it and it had had enough of visitors. So uh, it took her out. So, I mean, you just, I think that's what's happening this year is we have lots of people who have never, now this guy's just a jerk, probably alcohol involved is my guess. Um, hey, y'all watch this. 
I love how it says the last line of this article is, the Park Service says the horses occasionally kick and bite visitors who get too close to the animals. Yeah, take that as your warning. And I know there's signs there because we've been there and there are signs everywhere that says, do not touch the wild animals. They can hurt you. So I haven't seen the video. Did he ride it? Like, did it buck? Oh, he hopped did right it, on. Yeah. Um, and did it around. buck him off? No. Or? Oh, he stayed on. <laughs> I mean, but did it buck? No, I, I don't. Not in the part I saw. No. So, oh my God. <laughs> He's a whisperer. I He's need to a hire whisperer. That That's right. All right. Let's do, uh, let's hear from, I had an opportunity to catch up with our friend Cody over at Kem and Equine. And we talked about extreme heat. It is hot everywhere right now. I mean, hot. It is hot over here over the weekend. In between the raindrops, it was mighty warm. So, we're, I got a chance to talk to him a little about what to do about your horses and heat stress. So, let's take a listen to that. And we're coming back with Devin Horn, our good friend, who's doing something. Speak about hot. You're going to get hot doing what she's doing. So we'll talk about that too. Well, I'm back with Cody Swan, who is the head of equine business over at Kemen Equine. And we get together once a month and talk about some various health issues involving horses. And I can't think of a more appropriate thing to talk about. I'm looking at the therm- the temperature gauge outside right now is 98 degrees here in Ocala. Uh, and with humidity, it's about 1,000 degrees. So... You know, we're talking about uh, summer and higher temperatures and heat stress. You know, we do worry about that any place where where there's hot weather. How do we know when our horses are at risk of overheating? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. So um, not only do we need to take into account temperature, but also humidity. Just like us, when it's hot outside, our horses begin to sweat to help dissipate the excess body heat. Uh, and just like us, the higher the relative humidity, the less efficient sweating becomes in order to cool our bodies off. So, for instance, today, um, here in the Midwest, it's 90 degrees. I think we're supposed to average 70% humidity. So what you want to do is take you add those two numbers together to get your thermal heat index. So 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, 70% humidity, you're looking at 160. Using that total allows us to identify how careful we should be with our horse. So I'll try to paint you a little bit of a picture here. There's four different categories that we want to look at. So you take that combined total. If it's less than 130, your risk is fairly low. You operate as normal. If the total is between 130 and 150, Uh, You can ride normally, but maybe take a few precautions, maybe more frequent breaks, um, give your horse a drink of water, etc. It's really when you get above 150, as I said today, it's 160 here, that you start to approach that high risk zone. So you want to keep your work light, maybe keep in mind the time of day that you're working your horse or riding your horse, maybe do it earlier in the morning or later in the evening. And then you also want to be very cognizant of signs of heat stress and really ensure a cool down afterwards. And then once you get north of that 180, that's really the danger zone and it's not worth it, right? Take the day off. And especially if you have, if if you string several of those days together, just take those days off. It's not worth it. That's why we take a lot of um, days off in Florida. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Exactly right. So are there some horses that are greater risk of overheating, you know, uh, weight or anything like that have to do with it? 
There are. So yeah, the first one that comes to mind is, is obese or overweight horses and, and then heavily muscled horses as well. Uh, they tend to be at a little bit higher risk. It's just harder for them to cool down. And, um, and then it, you know, in addition, if your horse is going from, let's say, you know, the Northern U S to the Southern U S if your horse hasn't had time to acclimate to those temperatures, obviously they're at a little bit higher risk also, especially if they're in a trailer or being stalled where the airflow is not great. Um, so all those horses are a little bit higher risk. So, so what are the signs? What do I look for then? If I, how can I tell if my horse is overheating other than just being yeah, sweaty? So you, <laughs> right, right. So it's, you know, it's not rocket science. It, it's just, you know, the same things that we look for in ourselves. It's increased respiratory rates, increased heart rates. Um, you know, when we get hot, we don't always want to eat or, or, or um, drink water. Profuse sweating, as you mentioned, droopy ears. The horse is lethargic. They look like, you know, they may be dehydrated. Um, I don't know if you have done this. We've done this on our animals that if you pinch their skin, mm-hmm. um, it's called a, a skin tent. Uh, so if you pinch their skin, it tends to stick together where um, otherwise if they're, if they're well hydrated, it just falls back normally. Um, muscle cramping. And then obviously you get into the, to the telltale signs of anything. You get into the more major issues, colic, et cetera. So it really just keeps, uh, comes down to keeping a close eye on your horse. And, um, and if you know your horse as well, you should, you should be able to see those signs. Well, fortunately in my somewhat overweight hackney pony, I haven't had problems with him yet in Florida, but if my, if, if he would start experiencing heat stress, what do you do? I mean, steps yeah again a lot of the same thing we do for ourselves try to you know especially if you're outside try to find some shade uh preferably preferably where there's a breeze or airflow um obviously using fans help tremendously in in horse barns um and then other things we can do is provide electrolytes you know so what we do here is we put in two tablespoons per gallon of water um and that works great um Interesting fact, an adult horse needs that's dehydrated needs up to about five gallons of water um, just to get themselves back to normal. So obviously water is important. Spraying down the horse can help from head to tail, you know, their neck, back, and their rump and, and cool their legs off. And then when we do that, obviously we want to, they make horse scrapers for a reason. And, um, when we wet the horse down, we want to scrape that water off. If it were to sit there, that kind of acts as an insulator to that horse. And so we want to make sure we do that. Uh, and then obviously if it gets to where there's, there's critical signs of heat stress, that's the point where you, where you want to call your veterinarian, you know, for further advice. So, and then in addition to that, I mentioned earlier um, if you string several of these hot and humid days together, uh, you really want to keep an eye on them, not over the, just over the course of the day, but over several days, and that leaky gut can actually occur. And so that allows toxins to flood into the bloodstream and uh, leading to sepsis or infection of the blood, which you know can then obviously result in, in more uh, dire issues, organ failure and death, et cetera. Uh, so in fact, most heat deaths uh, occur days after the, the heat actually occurs. And so so it's very important that, that not only the day of that you have those high temperature and humidity, but keep an eye on that horse for several days. 
Well, obviously, like anything else, I think preventative measures, right, are the best way to solve this problem. Yep, absolutely. So like we discussed, we just keep an eye on that temperature and humidity when you get up in the mornings, you know, have yourself well prepared for for what it's going to be that day. Um, Give your horse time to acclimate to those higher temperatures, ease into training gradually. Uh, But there's also nutritional approaches that can help. So Evidence suggests that that insulin action is a key component of an animal's response to to street to uh, to heat stress, and the chromium actually in Chemtrace Chromium, the product that Kim and Equine provides, improves that insulin function, which increases glucose clearance. Um, so it just improves that horse metabolically and improves their ability to handle the heat, stay healthy. Um, and still perform. So to learn more about how to reduce the impacts of heat stress, you can actually go to our website, kemen.com forward slash equine heat stress. And we have a really cool poster there that you can print out um, that covers exactly what we talked about today. So the heat index, signs of heat stress, and then what to do about it, as well as some other information. So I encourage folks to do that. All right, very good. Thank you, Cody. We appreciate you being on this month. And everybody, stay cool out there. Well, that poster he talked about, I posted it uh, as a post on the Horses in the Morning Facebook page. It's a great poster about heat and the levels and all of that, all of what he talked about. And I'm gonna, I'm going to right now pin that to the top of the page. So if you go to Horses in the Morning and check it out there, I will pin that to the top of the page so that you can find that. Uh, And it was very simple and easy. You know, some of these, Jamie, that we've seen these heat stroke posters, uh, you know, heat stress posters for horses have been so complicated to figure out. (laughs) You have to add, you need a calculator. This one, you don't know, it's pretty easy. So definitely check that out. Now we're going to go, I'm going to give a call to somebody who has done a lot of different things in her life. We call her a daredevil because she's ridden the Mongol Derby two or three times. She's, oh, my mic wasn't on. I'm sorry. I've been talking to you this whole time. Okay. I'm like, why is he ignoring me? <laughs> That's why. Uh, he's a hundred or she's a hundred mile runner. One of those crazy people. Her dad is too, by the way. Uh, and there must be genetics. I mean, it has to be something like that. She's just done everything. She's roller derby, by the way. Also, uh, do do you say plays in roller derby participate? I don't know if you say play, but competes competes in roller beats the crap out of other girls in roller derby. Um, and she's just badass and we love having her on the show. We have for many, many years and she's doing something that I asked her to come on and talk about because it's something that is also badass and is going to take a lot of dedication on Jamie's part when I challenge her to do it. So let's bring, bring Devin Horn on here. And Jamie didn't know I was going to do this part, but you know. Do what? what I do? What? <laughs> I'm going to challenge you to do this with, uh, you and. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you and three of your friends. Uh, you can. Hello. Hello, Devin. It's Jamie and Glenn. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Good. So, Devin, Devin, Devin. Like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you're not crazy enough. You decided to do something that was even crazier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I figure we can't let the whole year go to waste, right? <laughs> That's right. Are you talking directly in your phone, not on a speaker, Devin? Yes, I am. Okay. Is, it, is the quality bad? Uh, you're a little quiet. That's all. Uh, so okay. I'll try to be louder. 
Yeah, yell and scream. So tell us about the COVID Derby. You were bored? Well, yeah, actually, the um, the inspiration comes is kind of twofold. Of course, um, we got the call that the Mongol Derby this year wasn't going to go. Um, Mongolia has had really strict travel regulations since about February. Um, and, of course, one of my favorite parts of the year is following along in August. So I thought, man, it's a real shame that, you know, we don't we don't have anything to look forward to. Um, and then this guy in the running community named Lazarus Leak, who's kind of famous for putting on the Barkley Marathons, um, started this thousand kilometer run challenge. And I'm doing that one. I'm about, I think, 450 miles deep into that challenge. And it's just been so amazing for my mental health and just kind of um, making the, the time in quarantine tick by. So I Wait think, a minute, hey, Devin. Stop like right there. Hold people. it. Hold it. Stop. <laughs> How 450 miles. When did you start that? Uh, May 1st. I hate you. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's just been so great to have this community that I'm interacting with, you know, online and running and logging miles and, you know, talk and shop with. And it's just been amazing. So I figured we needed something like this for the horse world. Um, and so, you know, I figured I would go ahead and run it. Um, so now it's open. Uh, we're doing a thousand kilometers from August 1st through August 31st. Um, Right now, I think I'm sitting at 30 entries, and that's from USA, Australia, South Africa, Europe, pretty much all over. So, so how's it work? It, 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 I... Let me let me jump in here real quick, Glenn. <laughs> I have a question, Devin. Yeah, what's up? You're awesome. Um, so you're 450 miles into one challenge, and then yes. you're going to starting August 1st do another challenge. Personally. Yes, the... Yeah, well, that's not even counting the Trans-Texas, which is an 800-mile relay that I'm also doing in July. But I'm trying to get all of those done before the COVID Derby on August 1st. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm trying not to stack them, but uh, if if I'm a little slow in July, I might be running three virtual races consecutively. I'm trying to have that not happen, but we'll see how it goes. There's very few times in this show where Jamie and I are speechless, (laughs) but... I'm kind of just. I'm going to say something, and you you're, might hate me for it, but it's really not that bad. Okay, so it's, do the math, right? So it's 621 miles. That's about 20 miles a day if you do it alone. But we also have a teams option, which means it's only five miles a day. Oh well, that. Uh, so, so what's it? How's the team work? Like, I it doesn't matter where the teams are. In other words, you have to be in the same place, or like, could Jamie and I and two other people be on a team? Oh, wait, are, are we talking riding or running right now? Because I think that five <laughs> miles a day running sucks, too. <laughs> so the COVID derby started out as just a, um uh, equestrian challenge for my endurance rider friends. And then I very quickly got people wanting to do running or cycling or um, I had one girl in Australia ask if she could do it in her kayak. Um, so we did open up a non-equestrian um, category as well. So if you have a family member who likes to cycle and you like to ride your horse, you can totally be on a team together. Okay. Cool. Let's, I guess that's, let's back up a little. Find a, on the equest- we find a family member that likes to kayak. <laughs> <laughs> let's back up a little. Let's take them in pieces here. Let's talk about the equestrian one. Now, okay. that one, you're going to need okay. a lot of horses. That Very few people are going to be able to do this one because you, you have to feed 1,000 kilometers on a minimum of four and a maximum of 15 horses, and that's over a month period of time. By the way, in one of the hottest months of the year. So Exactly, and that sounds really, really daunting, right? 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> so like, but, great, but just think about it a little bit more, right? So an hour and 15 minutes or so of an, an arena ride, if you stick your end of moto on, is about five miles, right? So okay. if you have a horse and you have three other friends who have a horse, you're in the money. Right, because you, the, the minimum of four horses can be you and your 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 teammates, right? Your, your three, friends, yeah. exactly, okay. right. So if you're on a team, you share the mileage and you share the horses. Hold so on, let me can- let me let me stop you, because I cannot remember ever having an arena ride that lasted an hour and a half. <laughs> Maybe my massage person was crazy, but but no, 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 I get it. So, so you can you can split this up. You can challenge each other. You can be, and you don't have to do it on the same horse, which is really nice because that seems like it would be fairly impossible. Um, And not good for the horse in August. Let's just say that. Yeah, seems doable if you just you just you know like what I do right now, Devin, is I get up at five o'clock in the morning. And I ride everything before I have to get in here for this show. Um, but also because it, the heat, uh, it's just too hot. So getting one horse and doing five miles or something is very doable considering I've ridden four horses before my even day workday starts, you know? So, so it is, if, if you have the drive and the determination, which I do not, but somebody (laughs) does, then somebody could do this and they can make it, make it count, get together with your friends. I know we have listeners that will join. Oh yeah. Because we have endurance riding listeners too. A lot of them. So yeah. And Jamie, that's what I'm trying to tell people. Yes, like on, on first glance, this sounds crazy. And I understand that. But once you start thinking about how you can do kind of like a routine and, you know, break it up into small manageable portions, or even I have people who work full time who are just going to, you know, bust out 60 miles a day on the weekends and not ride during the week. Um, it, it's kind of up to you how you, you know, schedule your miles and everything. And then you start like, looking at it in chunks and it becomes more manageable. And then even further, you can split it between, you know, teammates. So it becomes not this crazy thing, but something that can give people routine and something to do with their horses this year and something fun to do for August to look forward to. All right. It is. So, that's true. Let, um, let's go to the... Let, let, hold that, Jamie. Let, let me go to the second part of this, which is the non-equestrian sure. entry. Okay, because... By the way, for new listeners who think that we're being mean to Devin, uh, she's used to it. She's been on the show many, many times, and she keeps coming back. So, um, this is also the same girl who has gone to Mongolia and ridden in the Derby multiple times. times. Like, yes, we're, all of the all of the th- the Derbies she's done. Yeah, so I, I got pretty thick skin. You guys can come at me. Yeah, yeah, and she knew this because I warned her that we, <laughs> that that, that we were not her demographic for this. Um, so, so the non-equestrian entry. This is interesting because I saw where you posted about some teams that are being very clever. So one member of the family will be riding a bike, the other would be on a horse, uh, somebody else is running, and then somebody else is canoeing. So you really can exactly. mix and match these teams, right? And and I even asked about my electric bike, thinking she would laugh at me, and she didn't. She said I could do that too. So there. No way. Come on, Yeah, we've, really we've got to have rules. No, I really wanted to keep it... Hey, <laughs> we do have rules, but I really wanted to keep it really in inclusive um because that's one of the things that uh is is really important to me and also really cool about this running challenge that Lazarus Lake created um it's really not uh based on exclusivity it's really inclusive it's got people from all walks of life doing it um and it's pretty amazing and like I said the the benefits of having something to look to work towards 
that's kind of like every day you have to get up and get your miles in is just so for me, it's liberating. Um, and, and it's, it's really nice really, to have a goal to look forward to for mental health. It is just as good as it comes. And, and we all certainly need a little bit of mental health help right now with what's yeah. going on in the world. So I definitely, in April, I was that. literally licking my windows. I mean, I had no idea. <laughs> all my plans were canceled. Like it was a rough time to be Devin in April. <laughs> I didn't know it did, was a rough time to be around Devin. Yeah, that's, that's what she's going to say for oh her husband. God, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you can't lock her up. You can't pen her up. She gets anxious. Uh, no, no. And okay. I'm, I'm so lucky I didn't get a divorce. In. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And you haven't been married that long. so. Uh, no, I got married in March. It almost. <laughs> we have not spoken to you <laughs> since then. Congratulations. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. He's I like, saw the pictures. You were He's... beautiful in your dress. Thank you. Thank you. Let me yeah, back he, up. Um... Let me back up. You got yeah. married. The, the girl who cannot be tied has been married the month before the world shut down. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah, for better um... or worse, if he's still with you after that, <laughs> you'll be all right. Absolutely. And so in at the end of April, I kind of broke this to him and I said, hey, you know, if I started doing this challenge where I ran, you know, 10 miles a day for the conceivable end of summer, would you support me? He goes, babe, I'll push you out the door. <laughs> <laughs> he does not look like a runner to me, by the way. No, no. He's really more of a homebody, but he's so supportive. Yeah, he's been, you've been with him a long time. He's been supportive on all the stupid things you've done over the years. Absolutely. Yeah. We've been together for 11 years. So he was with me through my FBI career, um, all of the Mongol Derby nonsense, pretty much everything. So he's got, he's got the, the gist of it pretty much. Do wow. you mind if I use one of your wedding pictures as our picture for the day? Because it just proves that even, even you who ha who has been the grubbiest of women over in Mongolia, uh, can dress up. Oh I'm, my gosh, just I will careful. never let Scott come on this show because I'll never be able to show my face in public again. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get him on the show. Oh, you have no idea what this guy settled for. <laughs> <laughs> what he settled for. Yeah, she said that. Glenn didn't say that. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Do I not email me. Devin, Devin and I have spent a lot of time together doing shows over the years. We covered <laughs> Muggle Derbies together. Exactly. We've, uh, we've talked about some things that that uh, we can't even talk about in public together. And uh, so, yeah, don't email me. It's fine. She, she'll come back. <laughs> she'll come back. And I am using one of your wedding pictures. It, I just, it's just perfect. You, you, it was great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I took a photo shoot on one of my endurance horses before the wedding, and that went so well. I've seen all these um, crazy photo shoots that, gone, that had gone really well with people trying to get into their wedding dress and on their horse and then end up, you know, falling off. <laughs> that was a pretty good adventure. Yeah, we don't advise horses and weddings. We never have because we've covered so many that have not gone well. <laughs> did yours, oh my god! Did yours not go well? What happened? Oh, mine went perfectly. My horse was an angel, but in the back of my mind, I was remembering that YouTube video of the girl on the horse in her wedding dress on the beach where she gets drunk. Yep. I was like, you know, <laughs> it's like fifty-fifty, really. <laughs> oh my! God. And you've been that girl in Mongolia a few times, so. <laughs> Sure, yeah. yeah. You know, I figured at the end of the day, it would either be a really great photo shoot or a really great story. So, 
<laughs> it's true. It's one or the other. Uh, and, yeah. you know, you really should be a host of a show because that's uh, Jamie volunteers for those kind of things just to make good stories for the show. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well, let me tell you one thing I'm not volunteering for, Glenn. The COVID Derby? No. Riding 621 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like HRN could field a pretty good team, you know? Oh, I, th- true. I think we probably could. Uh, you know, I can do 10 miles easy on my bike a day. Uh, so I could cover that. And then the other three, you only have to ride like three or four miles a day there, buddy. <laughs> Question. Um, at the end of this, we, cr- we cross our imaginary finish line. We've done a thousand kilometers of whatever we're going to do. What do we get? Okay. So I'm glad that you asked because I forgot to mention that the COVID Derby is free. So there's not an entry fee. There's not a registration fee. Um, it's all done uh, pretty much free. We're going to have leaderboards and food supplies parties and all that sort of good stuff. Um, and at the end, there'll be an option. You can order a T-shirt or a buckle or a um, – I think we're going to do buckles or medals. Uh, that'll be an additional cost, and that'll be optional. Cool. So, so basically, you want to – but you did it. You get a buckle. You buy it. So that sounds like a f- pretty fair thing, considering it's absolutely free to enter. So where can people yeah. go, Devin, to enter the COVID Derby and learn more than what we were allowing you to say here because we interrupt you all the time? Uh, where can <laughs> people go to find out more? So um, Maddie Smith-Benson of One Smith Productions, who is a fellow Mongol Derby veteran, built us an amazing website. Um, it's www.covidderby.com. Um, and then you can also look us up on Facebook at COVID Derby 1000. COVID Derby 1000. COVIDderby.com. Devin, as always, uh, thank you for coming back, number one. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> we, we tease the ones that we love the most, so <laughs> you got that going for you. Um, Glenn loves you. <laughs> um, and, th- and thank you for being a part of this and letting us know about it. And thank you for doing something that is going to free the mental health of many. Absolutely. I will expect the HRN entry uh, today. We should you have an HRN hosts. We could find four of us to do this. Here's what's here's what I want you guys to do is I want you, Devin, to sit down right now and I want you to take a deep breath and hold it and wait. <laughs> Bye, Devin. <laughs> See you later. Can we just absorb that she's run six hundred and fifty kilometers in about two months? And the fact is, that's not the pinnacle for her. <laughs> she's got something else she's doing this month, and then she's going to do this one in August. And it is really hot outside <laughs> in Texas, for those who don't know. Um, yeah. Well, there's a company that when I do go out driving my pony, I use every time, and that's the Cavallo Hoof Boots. They make tons of different boot models, several different models, and I wanted to tell you about the Transport Air. Cavallo's Transport Air Boots offer 100% hoof protection for shod or barefoot horses when trailering or any time additional protection is needed. These boots offer maximum comfort, protection, and shock absorption for your horse so that uh, he or she can and arrive fit and sound and ready to compete. You can find all of them at Cavallo Hoof Boots, and you can go to the website cavallo-inc.com to find them. And every time I go out driving with my pony, I use Cavallo Hoof Boots and put them on all four because if we go out in the road, he needs them. He's been barefoot since we bought him because we really
really didn't want to try and put tiny little shoes on his tiny little hackney feet. And we needed some protection. And the Cavallo boots have worked out great. In- Is this the same company that makes the Cavallo saddle pads? Yes. Because I love my Cavallo saddle pad. See, I don't use hoof boots, but I do use their saddle pad. And I... I, I this is, that's great. I'm, it's such a quality product. That's well, awesome. Well, and the w- one thing you should have, uh, you should just keep them around, is the um, is a, uh, at least one boot for the time when they do lose their shoe, right? Right before you have to do something. Keep one or a pair of boots around. So if you end up pulling them and still need to go out, you can just throw the boots on and you're good idea. to go. Uh, so idea. for emergencies, definitely keep that in mind, too. So it's Cavallo dash com, and i'll tell you one other thing the reason i really like them is i i didn't get along with the ones that had the wires so well i just i didn't i was a, i'm a horse husband i didn't get along i needed it to be easy these are velcro put them on i'm done in four minutes and it, it's like that thing that jamie talked about earlier about putting sunscreen on with hoof boots for me if it's not easy and i can't get them on in four minutes i'm not i'm just not going to use them right so i that's one of the reasons. These are horse husband approved. I think it's time. That's right, friends. It's time for equestrian first world problems. And then remember, if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world problem. These are all submitted by our listeners and our, our auditors. And these are real real problems that they have and they're really sad and I'm really glad that they shared them with us. If you would like to become an auditor, Glenn, tell them how they can do it. Just go to Horses in the Morning or HorseRadioNetwork.com, either one, and scroll down on the right side of the page. You'll see an auditor banner and for as little as $3 a month, you can join in the party. And for auditors, I want to encourage you to head on over to the auditor page every day this week. We're doing surveys uh, for the auditors that we really would love to get some information on going forward. So uh, there'll be a different survey question every day. Fantastic. Well, we're going to start with Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay, this is something we've all dealt with. She says, Ellie has a really nice fly mask, but she hates wearing it. So now I have to go search the pastures for it. Every day. We do that every day with Nigel's fly mask. I had a, a guy that worked at the barn. He was one of the the, the guys that you know took him in and out and a groom. And he said, your horse, Jamie, the fly mask. It needs to have nails. <laughs> I was like, yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Carrie said, I found a really cute saddle pad on the Dress My Horse app, but I can't find anywhere to actually buy. And then I was like, what is the Dress That's My Horse thinking. saddle pad app? Apparently, it will suck your day away. So <laughs> fantastic. Don't do it, huh? <laughs> Hold on one second. Hey, Chad. No, you're, you need to get your phone. You're getting a bunch of calls. <laughs> <laughs> Our phone's cloud. And so when he gets a phone call, it rings on my phone. And I'm trying to look uh, at my phone to do first world problems. Oh, there are, was he supposed to be at work today and forgot? <laughs> he has to leave this afternoon. Okay. God, I just got panicked when you said that. Maybe that's why they're calling. <laughs> um, Bailey says, I decided buying myself a $35 pair of paddock boots was like way too irresponsible. But within 12 hours, I spent $100 on my horse in five minutes without batting an eye. (laughs) True. Well, you were right. It's all about buying stuff today. Uh, Next, yeah, it's all about about buying. 
Marielle, Marielle says, I finally found a saddle to fit my giant paint mare. But now it's too freaking hot to ride. <laughs> Jenna says, I just started my three-year-old under saddle and she's being so good. Oh, I want to see videos because I'm starting Zara under saddle. But my saddle wasn't fitting, so I had the saddle fitter out. And if she adjust, but if she adjusted it to fit her, then it wouldn't fit my other two horses. So, like, then I just had to buy her a new saddle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Holly. This is very, very. Y'all, all y'all need to put your credit cards away. Holly says I bought a saddle on one of those online auction sites. And it didn't come with stirrup leathers or a girth. And now I have to buy total stability leathers and a girth because they sound amazing and it's hay season and I'm broke again. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you for supporting our sponsor, totalsaddlefit.com. Yes. yes. Uh, Chantel says, due to a very lucky set of circumstances on my part, I now have a Highland heifer for free. She's too far away for me to spend time with her every day. Okay. Highland cows are the cutest things on the planet. And I just wanted, like my, my friend Larissa has a Highland bull. Oh, really? Yeah. She just got hairy. Like super hairy. Yeah. Her husband has decided that they're going to breed them. Uh, She's now like, she's like, I'm a cattle farmer's wife, apparently. And she's a (laughs) dressage rider. And what's funny is that I really want to like go up to him and brush his hair. um, And he won't let me. No, you'll end up like that lady with the buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. He's got really big horns (laughs) and he doesn't love me enough. But if he was at my house, he'd if he'd love known me. that you were a vegetarian, he'd love you. I know. I just want to braid your hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chantel, could you please braid your cow's hair and show me? That was one of our favorite parts of going to Scotland was seeing the Highland cattle everywhere. It was so cool. Yeah. yeah. Carolyn, Caroline says, I found the perfect husband horse, but we don't move on to our five acre property until August. And my boarding barn doesn't have an open pasture. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you need to buy the horse and just be like, Hey, can I leave him here until for a month? Because my farm won't be ready. And my boarding stable, just ask them if they keep them. Yeah. They haven't told, she hasn't told him yet that she's leaving. So no, she, the perfect husband horse. No, I, she hasn't told her boarding barn that she's leaving. That'd be my uh, guess. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Emily says, my mare didn't... <laughs> are you sitting down and get a pen? Okay. My mare didn't take after breeding this year, so I'm breed leasing a different mare. But then I realized my horse's son is going up for licensing, so maybe I should breed lease another mare and get a baby from him. But if I do that, then all my money for a new saddle will be spent, and the only saddle that fits my horse is my friend's barrel saddle, and I eventually have to give it back. I have no idea what you just said. Uh, that's like a, a really bad ad. I'm lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, I just King Mary's pregnant, and then this like horse that she likes is going to be licensed to be a stallion, maybe. So then she wants to breed to him, but she's in love with the mare, and blah, blah, uh, whatever. Wow, it's <laughs> a lot going just on there, Emily. Use the free breeding that you have from her not taking. Brenna says, I was going to buy a new saddle pad, but then there was a sale on Carrots Itesville tights, and it's like a million degrees, so I bought the tights instead. <laughs> Should have bought them both. It is buying day here. Holy I'm telling cow. you what, here, listen to Marlene. Y'all all have the same problems. It's just all about shopping. I want to buy a new truck and trailer for my non... <laughs> Wait, I want to buy a new truck and trailer, but my kid needs money for college. <laughs> Oh, screw the kid. He'll he'll goof <laughs> off. He won't work. He's going to drink the whole time, but probably drop out in a year, buy the truck and trailer. 
Make him work. For I it. would just say make him take out a loan. Yeah, make him work. Come on. Yeah. You need the things. Yeah, you, need the things. <laughs> you need a truck and trailer. He's a loser to... anyway. What the hell? Hey! <laughs> Glenn said that. Uh, email Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com uh, okay. for all complaints. Uh, Samantha says, I'm working with an awesome trainer, but because I'm the newest client, I have to have my rides in the hottest part of the day. Man, she's got them stacked up there. I like it. Um, <laughs> Leah says, my husband finally bought himself a... <laughs> God, the shopping. My husband finally bought himself a sailboat after years of wanting him, but now I have to share our extra spending money. Ugh. <laughs> I got to tell you, he bought himself a boat. You're going to be spending all the money. <laughs> you know what the problem with having a boat is? They want you to go on the boat. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> especially for you. Yeah. That's, and I, and I that's on the water. Honest. And Jamie's not so good with that. I went trail riding to the lake yesterday. And the girl I went with, Jen, she's like, you should come on our boat. And I was like, you really don't want me to ruin your day. I will just ruin your day. I'm like, "There's is there a bathroom? Oh, you won't boat? even get on little tiny boats? She's like, no, here's the problem. I'm like, is there a bathroom on the boat? And she's like, no, you just jump in the water. And, go the and I was like, yeah, that's not happening ever. <laughs> um, Laureen, bless her heart. Laureen, I only have real problems today. So now I won't get to hear Jamie make fun of my voice. <laughs> I didn't do it at all. Really good. <laughs> Well, there you go, Lorene. <laughs> Sorry about your real problems. And I was terrible at your accident. I don't know. I got to get back into it. I've done too much Southern today. Um, Alicia says my pony got too fat for his dressage saddle. So we've been using the heavy Western saddle while trying to put away the Western saddle. It fell on my pinky finger. And now I have an appointment with the doctor. <laughs> and we all know those, they weigh about a thousand pounds. <laughs> those saddles are ridiculous. Uh, two. Oh, you need to be more. a weightlifter to get them over any size horse. That's for sure. Yeah, two more, and they're both from TJ, and she's just got a lot of problems. I, I mean, what is a girl to do? She says it's so hot that all I can do is take the horses down to the creek to cool off. I wish I had a creek. You have a lake. <laughs> First world problems. Oh, I had a trailer to that. I have a pond in my backyard, yeah. but. Did you see the video? Oh, you won't let me post a video uh, of the snakes just swimming directly across it just for fun. Uh, not going in there. No way. It's you could Oklahoma ride in there every day. Pond. It'd be great. Swim mm -hmm. your horses. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. Uh, TJ also says, I finally am entering a horse show, but now I have to shop some more. Man, you'll win some prizes for spending money. <laughs> And there were some of you that did up your auditor's pledge. And for those of you who didn't, it's time because you're obviously yeah. flush with cash yeah, right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good sales point. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end. And now it is time to go over to Jumper Nation on Mondays, usually on Mondays about this time. We head over to one of the nations, Horse Nation, Eventing Nation, Jumper Nation. And we have Lynn on with us today, who is from Jumper Nation. And she's going to be talking about a couple of things that are happening in the jumping world. We haven't talked about that lately. Uh, while we get Lynn on here, tomorrow I'll be on with uh, Piper and I will, from podcast. Hello, this is Lynn. There's Lynn. Hey, Lynn, it's How Jamie are you? and Glenn from Horses in the Morning. You are live on the air. What's happening, girl? Well, a happy belated 4th of July. <laughs> did your horses make it through the fireworks? They did. 
and so did the cat. Oh. So we're we're all good. Yeah, I thought, you know, I was sitting down while the people were lighting it. And that whole thing makes me very uncomfortable. And all I could think of was I need a thunder shirt. Because every time a <laughs> boom went off, I was like, <gasps> like, I know it's going to come. I see it shooting in the air and then boom, like, <gasps> like I get my cats are freaked <laughs> That's out. Right. I don't even know it's coming. That's right. What? And, and And people are buying these huge fireworks nowadays. They're not those little sparkler things that we'd run around with, you know, 15 years ago, they're giant rockets. And so all I'm thinking is I hope nothing flies through the air in this general direction, but it was, it was good. We made it. <laughs> I'm thinking while these are going off, I'm like, y'all trust that these things are going to go straight up a little too much. Like back up. You, yeah. <laughs> okay. So remember bottle, you shoot the bottle walkers off and they, you didn't ever know where that was going to zip. And we all survived. Um, oh, so let's talk a little bit about jumper nation. You guys have, um, an article about the diversity scholarship. Tell us about that. Yes. So we are super excited because we have published a couple of updates ever since we initially announced the scholarship on June 26th. Um, as of July 2nd, so actually just a few days ago, the total award amount went up from $1,000 to $5,000, um, which is which is awesome. And that is all thanks to just some readers who have reached out. We have a couple of vendors who just donated money to the award fund. Um, and then also to Stableview in South Carolina, they're a big farm that holds competitions and you can stay in vacation and lots of good stuff. They made a big contribution as well. And so we thank everyone um, who has donated to this fund, Stableview, Catherine Coleman and uh, Hannah Hawkins. But yeah, no, we, we're super excited. We, the mission of the scholarship is to, you know, encourage and, and elevate and right now immediately give a platform to minority voices in the equestrian world um, where, you know, we see a lot of minorities really underrepresented. And basically to apply for the scholarship is you've got a space. We don't have a word requirement. Um, you can make a video or you can write something and it's, it's your space to use however you want to contribute to the discussion of diversity in equestrian sport. Um, so anyone who has anything to do with horses and the equestrian life and is a minority is encouraged to, to apply. Um, so we're super excited about this. Like, you know, what about if, never if you're, what about mm -hmm. if you're not a minority, but you work with minorities that you're introducing to horses, is it open to that or is it strictly, you know, tell us about it. So it is, it is just for minorities. Um, so it, it would be, you know, any person of color um, and any minority equestrian is we're encouraged to, we're encouraging them to, to apply. Um, and the, the reason for that is we want to give people these, you know, minorities in particular who, you know, really don't have a lot of representation in our sport, a place just to, you know, say what they would like to say and, and contribute. Um, and also hence, you know, because it is so open-ended, that's why we're not putting, you know, like a, you must have 500 words or, you know, you must have a 2.5 minute video. We have, we have really no requirements as far as format or even really, you know, 
topics that they have to address when they apply for it. Um, the deadline actually is coming up soon, though. It is coming up in, I'm looking at my calendar, four days, so Friday, July 10th. Um, and any entries need to sub- need to be submitted to an email, actually. It's en.contest at gmail.com. Um, so any entries need to go there. And then after we actually choose the recipients for the scholarship, then, you know, of course, if as long as we have permission, anyone else who has entered, um, we'd love to share their contributions, you know, throughout the summer on our on our various websites, Jumper Nation and then our sister sites as well. Horse Nation, Eventing Nation. Is there any restriction on what it's used for? In other words, if they get get money? They actually can be the money can be used in any way that they want to further their writing education. So it could be, you know, you need to enter a show and you need to pay the fees. Um, you need more tech or equipment. You need lessons, um, educational things like maybe you, you want to attend a, like a seminar or a, or a course. Um, go ahead and do that. And, you know, but of course, though, if the recipient does, you know, say they want to donate it to um, like a nonprofit organization or um, something like that, you know, of course, we're not going to stop them from doing that. That's that's helpful as well. Fantastic. Well, definitely go check that out. And again, all of these are on jumpernation.com. And the next article is happy 4th of July. Thanks to $60 Brown beauty and five riders, not just one. Uh, My mind is blown right now that Paul Revere never actually shouted the bridge are coming. Tell us what this is about. I know. So I was doing this research on this article because I thought for the July, let's see. Okay. I know Paul Revere is famous and and supposedly he was, he ran around and yelled this out on this horse and he never actually yelled it. (laughs) Um, So what happened was basically, you know, way back when in 1700s, um, the, there, there was this kind of like alarm message alarm system. And the riders in this alarm system would gallop around to the different towns and they would find the town, whoever was in charge, and they would say whatever the important message was. So, for example, you know, here the message was the British are coming, but he didn't actually yell it out because he wanted to move very quickly and safely because apparently random British troops were everywhere just strolling around on their horses and he wanted to be quick and safe and, 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 you know, of course avoid them. And if you ran through the woods yelling it out that they were coming, sense. they would chase you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does make more and sense totally, to be a little quieter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. See, and I totally thought it was just him and like maybe another guy I thought in my history book somewhere, there was another guy involved, but apparently there were five total people who were in this message system and warned all the different towns that the British were on the way. So there were, there were more than just a few people and more than just Paul. (laughs) And it was Paul Revere, which by the way, anytime I hear his name, I don't think about the British are coming. I think about, I had a little horsey named Paul Revere, just me and my horsey in a court (laughs) of beer, riding across the land, sharing potsies on my trail because we're in demand. One lonely (laughs) beast. Anyway, the Beastie Boys song is in my brain. So thank you for that. That's going to be there for the rest of the day. Um, I'm not a rapper, just for 
anybody if was questioning. Um, so the names of Paul. I don't Revere. think we're going to get sued for that. Nobody will recognize it. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, no. I, I did under 20 seconds. I could do the whole song, by the way, backwards. Um, Samuel Prescott, Israel Bissell, and then it was a 16-year-old girl, Sybil Ludington. That is, I never yeah. knew that. She was able to recruit men to drive the British troops out of Danbury, com- commended by George Washington for her heroism. That's amazing. She yeah. shamed him into it. She wrote oh. up and said, hey, look, if I can do this, you can get out there and do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. So I almost, you know, if you look at these five people, I, you know, I look at what they did and I don't want to, you know, downplay anyone, but she almost seems like she did the most because she actually recruited people. And got them to drive the British out. Like, you know, she did so much stuff. Well, um, Israel Bissell but, is yeah. a jerk, too, by the way. I know he's I know. like saving lives, but to tell everybody what he did. Well, Israel Bissell, he had to go the farthest. He had to get to Philadelphia. And he rode his horse so hard that it died. Like, it just <laughs> collapsed out of exhaustion. It's and not it funny. Died. But... <laughs> no. He's the but worst. He got okay? another horse kept going he's the worst he got another horse kept going he did go the farthest you know i mean he was committed to the journey had to spread the message but i mean you know it was it was unfortunately at the expense of this one poor horse and we and we actually i was kind of googling around to find out what any of the other horses names were couldn't find it i'm sure it's somewhere in a history book but you know, I really wanted to find out what horse that was because, you know, it also had a, a way of contrib- contributing to, you know, this whole mission. But the only one whose name I actually could find was, was Paul Revere's, which is Brown Beauty. I, I like and... William Dawes, who uh, apparently picked the wrong horse because it threw him and he got arrested. Yeah, his horse was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his horse was like bye, don't feel like Goodbye, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Can I just yeah, point just out right away. that Paul Revere's <laughs> saved the world on a chestnut mare? <laughs> Is that right? Go. Is that what it was? Chestnut mare. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> well, if you think about it, and, she was the only and, one honorary enough to do it. So <laughs> That's right. And I and I looked up her value and and uh she was she was about sixty bucks and uh according to the inflation calculator, that'd be about $3,700 if she was alive today. So $60 horse, and she she uh, helped save the day. Chestnut mare for $3,700. That sounds like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was going to say, like, just buy it now. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, let's see. How are we doing on time, Glenn? Can we get to one yeah, more? Yeah, you can do one more. And uh, by okay. the way, auditors, hang on for, we'll do a post show. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, on Jumper Nation. There's an article called Musings on Martingales. Yep. And so this article actually is thanks to one of our writers, Susan Glover, who is actually pretty new to the team. Susan has been writing for Jumper Nation for about a month and a half to two months, I'd like to say. And she was doing a little bit of thinking because you know, with coronavirus, she watches a lot of live feeds of the horse shows and such. And um, she she's noticed that a lot of these show jumping riders ride around with a lot of different pieces of equipment. And it got her thinking, you know, I actually used to ride with a martingale and all this other stuff. And I went to a clinic and my trainer asked, why do I have it on? And she said, because 
I don't know. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. I just put it on um, and he took it away. And so the, the interesting question posed is, you know, I mean, sometimes your horse needs, you know, boots because it hits itself. And sometimes, you know, if it's flinging its head around, you don't want to get smacked in the face. So you want to put something on to help with that. Um, and the, but the question really is not so much quite, you know, you shouldn't use extra equipment, but rather when you're putting it on, think about why you're actually using it. And so the really great discussion we got going on Facebook when we published this post was we had a lot of readers jump in with some great comments. We asked, you know, give us a rundown. What are you using on your horse um, and why? And so it's interesting because we just had so many different combinations of equipment or we had some readers say, you know, I don't use anything, you know, even like I don't use a saddle. I I just whatever. (laughs) Um, And you had all these different kinds of like bits and, you know, some, some readers would, you know, put a martingale on to jump, but they take it off to flat or they would use some combination for um, like jumpers, but then they would switch it really quick for a cross country. And it was just really cool to see everybody kind of chipping in and uh, sharing their thoughts and helping each other out with, well, maybe you're, you got a head flipper, maybe try that and, and things like that. So we got some cool community uh, conversation going. Yeah, what I loved about this article was, and in that community conversation, maybe it made people realize what they were doing might be either unnecessary or a training Mm -hmm. problem. When I I showed hunters all growing up, and I I I couldn't pin in uh, any of the classes, and my trainer then put a martingale on a standing martingale and then all of a sudden you know you get ribbons because i didn't have the correct uniform and so to me you just rode you know you just jumped with that martingale and as i got older i was like this makes no sense to me whatsoever you know so (laughs) i I love that you guys started a discussion maybe some people realize that what they what they do use is not necessary. You know, I think that the, uh, Monty Robert says it all the time that the, the worst piece of equipment is the hands that hold it, you know? So it just depends on what you yep. are doing with, you know, with your hands and, and how, how it is. But so did you have, you had a lot of people, anybody go, Oh, I never thought about that. We did actually, we did. And, and even reading some of the comments, you know, personally, I go, you know, I mean, I, I use boots on by, by default, like open front boots, but I was kind of like, maybe I could just take them off, <laughs> like even for flatting, because they don't really, they don't do much, um, at least, you know, because my horses don't really paddle or wing or any of that stuff, and it's kind of more stuff to clean, so <laughs> even I got to thinking a little about more about what they're going in and, you know, and, and why, so. Lynn is going to write an article helpful. advocating naked horseback riding here soon. She's just going to strip it all That's down. right. <laughs> I love it. Well, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for these. That is using your power for good, Lynn. Very nice. Um, and uh, thank you for coming on and uh, putting up with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for your time. It was great to speak with you again. Uh, no, I know. I look forward to when you come on. So Lynn Mueller of Jumper Nation, go to jumpernation.com or you can follow him on Facebook. I realized I, as you were talking about that, I don't, I don't follow you on Facebook. Well, I do now. And, uh, thanks. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, thanks Lynn. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 
So tomorrow on the show, uh, it's, it's actually the first Tuesday of the month, and unfortunately, Stacy Westfall isn't doing that day anymore. Uh, she is now doing the Western episode over on the Dressage Show. So, what are you uh, going to do? I'm, well, tomorrow, what we're going to do, we're working on a new one to go in there on a regular basis, but I asked Piper from uh, Plaidcast to come on, ironically, to talk about jumping, because jumper shows are back in business, so we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening there, what's happening with the FEI, what's happening with the USEF, so it's just going to be her and I, we're going to have a little conversation, a little shorter show than normal, but we're just going to hang out. We're going to talk about what's going on in the horse world uh, tomorrow morning, and then Wednesday, Jamie will be back, and then Thursday is Mary Kitzmiller uh, doing her training episode, and Friday, we're going to be announcing a bunch of new prizes for really bad ads, thanks to horselovers.com. So that's what's going on on this week's show. Hang around, auditors. Uh, we never got a chance to talk about any of your horse stuff, so I know. let's we're do that in the post-show. Talk some horses. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it and be safe out there spay neuter and geld wow we had all those plans for the first 20 minutes we can talk forever about nothing I mean, come on. We can talk about auctions. I knew you would love that story. I love that story because Pennsylvania, Lancaster County, I mean, there were auctions. There were 100 auctions every weekend. I mean, estate auctions were huge there. And all these farmers, that's where we got all of our equipment. Our tractors and all of our equipment came from auctions. I just love the fact you're like, I need an entire box of bull snaps. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were like 25 cents. So you'd buy them and have them for the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, we love going to auctions. I miss auctions. There's just no, they don't do them here. Don't, you're probably in an area where they do a lot of estate auctions, actually. I probably, I don't know. <laughs> so what's going on on the horse front? Well, um, so baby Zara has now been ridden and I'm, I'm starting to, it, it turns out Monty Roberts actually knows what he's talking about. It's yeah. weird. Um, so I was having trouble with her moving. Like you would get on her. And, and she how old is she? Three now, right? She's three, three and a half. Um, she, for new listeners, go, Baby Zara was born at uh, uh, born with Jamie. Air, yes, basically. Jamie had her. Jamie bore her. I bore her. Yeah. I uh, yeah. Baby Zara is at uh, Altenburg Philly that I bred her. Cyrus Rubignon, uh, amazing Grand Prix warm blood stallion, and her mama I own and was a very lovely hunter and eventer. So I thought maybe I'd get you know up the dressage game a little bit with a Rubignon and still get a a jumper. And um, Rubignon is a black stallion, and so what I was supposed to get was a black colt. And it turned out it was a chestnut filly, <laughs> red mare. So we've started her. I've gone really slow with her because she's just still, she's had a very baby look about her for a long time. Now she's starting to look like a mare. And uh, so we started her and she's doing great. Abby is here. Um, but what I couldn't get her to do was move. You'd get on her and she'd stand stock still. And and like, come in. Let, come on, move it, you know, and I worked on teaching her from the ground voices, voice command, move means go, anything, no, she won no part of it. So Monty, I come to him with it, I'm like, hey, I've got this problem, I can't get this horse to move, and he's like, get a good saddle horse, that's a gelding, and take him around and, and let her follow. Oh my God, that worked really well. She's now trotting all around and she even passes Zeus. I've been using Zeus and Duke, um, my Mustang and my senior and, um, taking them around and it's going great. It's going really well. And, uh, 
you're actually not riding her, right? Well, no, I've got I've got an 18 year old here, so I'm just able to <laughs> like you get on, you do it, and so I I mean I too am kind of the the one making the decisions and she's, she's my rider. It's, it's awesome. And then I got two, let's see, I got a new mare in today or last night that's here for full training and she's a four-year-old thoroughbred and she's never been backed. So they've done a lot of stuff with her. She's actually quite lovely to, to work on work around, but she's just never had a rider. So she's here for that. Abby's like, Oh, that's great. And I was like, yeah, you're going to really look good on her. Have <laughs> <laughs> you? I'm going to use you. And then, um, the other horse, um, the Sue, the horse that you named. Oh yeah. Yeah. The boy named Sue. Tommy Sue's candy. And so we called him Sue, boy named Sue. Boy named Sue is doing great. Um, he's actually probably going to go home today because he's just his challenge. Uh, They always come in with one big challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it's kind of weird. So he raced when he was two and then they took him to horse and hound rescue when he was two and he was adopted fairly quickly. And those people have had him for three years and I'm glad they did, but they decided they, they couldn't take care of him anymore. And they returned him to horse and hound. And when asked, why are you returning him to horse and hound? Um, I can tell this to the auditors. I don't usually like to post about stuff like this, but they said he bucks and bites. And I was like, uh, so she's like, you, you're going to have your hands full with this one. He bucks and bites. And I was like, that's what they said, you know? And he came to me and yes, he would, he just would like, he wouldn't bite viciously. He just maul you, you know, it's like, it's just a horse that has been fed a million hand treats, you know, cookies and stuff that just has no boundaries from two to five. He probably had zero man, zero manners lessons. Like he just was kind of turned into a monster after one day. He's like, oh, stand here. Okay, cool. He ground ties now. He wouldn't stand still. He was just like so fidgety and mouthy. He's a perfect gentleman. And Glenn, I got to tell you, the bucking, I can't get that horse to buck. I mean, I, I've done, I, he wrote, Buck the Bear rode him. I, I thought maybe, I, I've tried everything to try to find the buck in this horse. And he just has none. He's so sweet. And he's so kind. And like, he follows me around. He's like, I think you're my mama. And I feel like I'm going to abandon him when I return him <laughs> because I feel like he thinks I'm his mama. Um, so we're going to take him back. But I really want him to get adopted. He's about a 15, 15, one hand, uh, five-year-old thoroughbred gelding and just... So did they, the did they just take his word there, the uh, previous owner's word for the bucking part? Was that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The, better to take the word than not take it yeah. and then get bucked off, you know? So they, they, very little is known about what happened or why they were returning him. Yeah. Aside from they go, he bucks and he bites and they took him back, you know? So I dropped him off. So I'm sure there's a little shame that comes back with adopting, returning a horse you yeah, have. Yeah, you almost have to have a, like a reason, right? So. Yeah. yeah. So you, I, and again, I just haven't really seen the behaviors. Um, but again, I just. This is the one that uh, got boy. you in uh, all the stink with that that lady we talked about last week. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my troll, because I taught the horse how to stand still. And apparently I'm very cruel. The horses, uh, how you teach a horse to stand still, according to the lady who trolled me online, was that you scratch him on the belly. Did she ever. She, you blocked her, but nothing more. You haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything more. No, it turns yeah. out she lives about five miles from here and is probably trying to just take all my business, which is 
not working because I didn't have time to respond to her as much because I actually have business. Because you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure she doesn't have much to do. Um, yeah. So they, yeah. So that's the horse. And then we're going to pick up um, another horse today. Uh, the very first horse I got from Horse and Hound, his name was Kona. By the way, and, can I just also throw in there the, a lesson that people never learn? Um, what? Is if you're going to pick a fight with somebody, you always research who they are first. And it's never <laughs> a good idea to pick a fight with uh, with somebody that has an international uh, show. I'm just saying. It's, it's just... <laughs> I, I really think she probably could have used better judgment. Ju- yeah, just be selective who you fight with. It, that's never a good thing. Well, it's like the, the week before somebody said, what are your credentials? I know. Somebody else was like, oh, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're asking her. Anyway, yeah. I, which is great. I, I don't care. I, I, what I was really impressed with is Do you get initials, told. by the way? I wanted to ask you this for a long time because uh, like like uh, Lynn today from, I want to ask her, from Jumping Nation has initials after her name. I don't know what they're for. Uh, I, I think there's something to do with journalism. Do you get initials like uh, MR... I MRC Money Roberts certified. I like MRC. That's good. There we go. I like it. Okay, MRC sounds good. We'll we'll do initials. Yeah, I I didn't get any initials, but again, I just whatever. Uh, It's not about that. It's just about the fact that I'm really a lot better of training horses, (laughs) and and that's where it comes down to is like yeah. Anyway, so back to Kona. You're throwing me off. I forgot. I even forgot where we were. I have no idea. So Kona was a horse that I worked on at Horse and Hound when I did a clinic up there and he had been unstarted and was like super abused. And, um, he went to a, a horse trainer, track trainer who had only trained quarter horses and bought two thoroughbreds and decided he could train those, beat the crap out of them and send them to the rescue. Uh, so I've trained both of them and he was the first one I had. He's the one I did the chainsaw. I posted videos of like, we would start a chainsaw next to him and he didn't care. We're by the end, we we're hitting golf balls off a tee. Chad was, and he's standing right next to him. Didn't flinch. We did dance parties, like arms in the air flinging because he was so head shy. And I mean, he was amazing. And then he got adopted out and they just returned him. And they said, Oh, he's a, he bites, he bites, he bites. They returned him. Glenn, he is 200 pounds lighter mm. than he was. He's and hungry. I said, <laughs> I said to her, I go, please tell me you didn't like let them trade out. She was like, oh, hell no. Like you don't bring a horse back like that. So he's been at the rescue for a couple weeks eating and he's going to come today. He's so biting because we'll he's hungry. <laughs> he's starving to death. Yeah, exactly. I was shocked when I saw him. I was like, oh my God, that can't be the same horse, but it is. So we're going to try to get him fixed up again and get him it adopted to some. doesn't matter how much you screen the people. It doesn't matter. You know, they do a really, typically a really good job. It's not their fault that somebody's no, a liar. No, I'm just saying it doesn't know? matter. You can screen them to death and you're still going to end up with this situation. Imagine selling a horse, but you know, you, you just hope it's one out of don't... 20 and not, you know, 10 out of 20. You know, that's what yeah. you hope for. Yeah. And it's exactly. true with dogs and, you know, same thing. It's, it's same. terrible. Well, they, they guess what? People are people. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. People can suck. Some people suck, you know, and, and they go on and they actually Google earth your property. They call all the references. You have to have a vet reference, a farrier reference, all these things to make sure that your horse is going to be looked after. Um, and you know, I mean, do you know the, the, uh, the most screening we ever got was from the Greyhound rescue. 
Really? They come to your house. They, if you have one currently, they have to meet the dog currently. You know, they, they come to your house. They sit down and they talk to you for two hours. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable the amount we went through to get a Greyhound in, in Kentucky when we lived there. Wow. And then when you get the dog, they bring the dog to you and they spend an hour with you and the dog to make sure the dog's getting along with you. Wow. It's got to be hard to find foster parents for that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, that was the, that was the most intense. Uh, we've done horses that were that intense. It was crazy. Yeah. Wow. And, but you got to have a lot of volunteers who are willing to go out and do that too, right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I foster for a, for infinity farms here. I don't have any currently, obviously. Um, but I foster for them and got licensed to foster and, all we had to do was go meet them. You have to have two meetings. They have to be, they have to meet the dog twice. You don't go to their house. You don't sit for two hours. They can come and meet the dog at one of the uh, adoptions that we would sit at pet smart, you know, or something. And then they, they, the second time they get to take the dog home. Huh. It's Oklahoma, yeah. not Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you, you got so much going on now. It's so cool. I'm, yeah, I'm so busy. It's awesome. I, I am just loving it. And I love my setup. And I love the fact that I have the barn next to the round pin, which is next to the arena. And it's all very communicative. And I like everything can be very incrementally, uh, you know, made incrementally bigger in the training. And, and I took some horses, we took some horses to Lake Thunderbird this weekend. And I can't wait to take Zara there. And we're going to do that this week sometime. So it's going to be really, really fun. I'm really, really pleased with how it's all working out with all these, all these horses, but thank God Abby's here. <laughs> I was just going to say, is Abby going to college? What's, what's her story? Summer. She's uh yeah, she just graduated high school and she'll be going to college, um, at ASU, what she's studying? which is in Arizona pharmacy. She's going to be a pharmacist. Oh, wow. Our, yeah. our neighbors that just moved in the house right next door to us, they're both pharmacists. They're both doctors. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And they do well. She's they, like, I want to be able to afford my horse. They yeah. both graduated, moved here, and started, I think it was Walgreens or CVS. I can't remember. Uh, they started in March, right before oh. COVID. Oh, God. <laughs> well, they've been busy. <laughs> or have they been bored? No, but it's been hard because people have been cranky. You know, everybody's cranky. So it's been hard. And now both of them, their pharmacies have been designated testing centers. So oh now they have COVID people going to be there the whole, all the time. So they're, yeah, it's been, t it's been trying for them. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Welcome to the doc. You spent all that money getting your doctorate. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> and I don't know yeah. that. I wonder how much pharmacists make to start like at a Walgreens. It can't be a lot. I can't imagine. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know I do either. know that um, I'm I'm glad she's here and she might stay for as much as a month, which is fantastic. Oh, yay. Good for I you. I talked to her dad yesterday and I was like, I'm not letting her come home. And he goes, she's 18. She can do what she wants. And I was like, yes, green light. <laughs> <laughs> Good like, for you. I tried I to you adopt her. You guys could have gotten paid. I tried to adopt her, but <laughs> they wouldn't let me have her. Now she's 18. I get her for free. And what uh, <laughs> what you haven't mentioned is that she also is a qualified uh, babysitter because she's known Lucas for about uh, eight years. And uh, uh, that gives you and Chad a chance to go away. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I have too many horses. I can't go anywhere. I don't even remember what my husband looks like. <laughs> Funny how that works. Well, Talk I'm glad he's going back to work. That'll give you, that gives you a break, you know. Yeah, exactly. We won't mention we, that out loud, but yeah. I think Jennifer's ready for a break too. We kind of discussed that. <laughs> 
you know, you have to put up with me three days a week. She has to put up with me seven. Yeah, I so. don't know how she does it. She's a saint. a saint. Yeah, Chad's also going on a golf trip this weekend, so. Oh, you get a break. Oh, well, that's good. The girls can, and the girls and the boy can hang out home. Exactly. All right, everybody, we're going to go. I have work right. to do. So talk to y'all. <laughs> All right, bye. bye.